Good morning. Let's stand together today. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Tomorrow night as we pray uh, for the school, if you have students who don't go to the academy, if you want to come by around 5.30, we'll be in the auditorium on Jefferson Street. We'll be happy to pray with you and, and your children as well. And uh, if you'd missed the benevolence offering this morning, you can still give any time to that. We appreciate it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We're talking about blindness today and how the enemy doesn't want us to see what's going on in the world that we live in. He wants us to be unaware of it. And uh, we're going to talk about the spiritual battle that we're in this week. And then uh, two weeks from now, after David Gibbs is with us next, we're going to come back and come back to this very verse, this very passage, and talk to you about why some people lose even when they pray. And uh, we want to just really get this idea into our heart about being aware of what's going on in the world today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Father, we thank you for your word today. We pray that you would let us, let our eyes be open to your truth. And Father, let us see uh, what's going on all around us. Father, we, we know we come to this point where we come to the graveside of someone we love and we, we see their body there, but we know their spirit is gone. They're standing before you. So Lord, let us not be bewildered by the thought that there's a spiritual world. Let us not be blown away by that thought, but let us capture that thought and understand the truth of what's going on all around us. Help us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our God is faithful, and he'll be faithful to us and we, as we are faithful to him and reach out to him. Have you made your appointment with God? Have you been setting that time aside to, uh, to seek him? Have you built a prayer list and begun to pray through that, taking those minutes every day to say, here are the things, God, I really want to see you move in in my life. If not, what kind of trouble is it going to take to move you towards starting to pray daily? How much more has to happen in our world before we as a people wake up and realize we need, desperately need a move of God? See, friends, it's either, it is either denial of what's going on in the world around us, or we are ignoring what's going on in the world around us, or it's disbelief in the power of prayer. If we ignore and we don't begin to set that time aside to say, God, we need you to move. I would encourage you to take that prayer list that you build and Lay it, lay over it, Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13, where he teaches us how to pray and begin to pray through those things on your prayer list. You'll find that coming alive more and more to you. Now, I, friends, I'll tell you, I, conspiracy theories are mildly interesting to me. Uh, I kind of, you know, 
watch a few of them from time to time. And uh, I mean, you know, when I think about, did we go to the moon or didn't we go to the moon? You know, did, did we actually do that or did we not do that? And my thought always runs to the fact, with the thousands and thousands of people it took to pull that off, if it was a hoax, somebody would have come out and told, them, told us all about it. You know, that there's just always some place in there where somebody would have eventually fessed up. But I am cautious when it comes to uh, these theories because I know some of them happen. Big Tobacco knew their product was addictive. They knew it caused cancer, and they tried to suppress that knowledge as much as they could. Government leaders in Flint, Michigan, for over a year knew that the water was contaminated, knew that it was poisoning the people that were drinking it and causing them long-term damage, and didn't say a thing. Now, you think about that. You think if someone came out tomorrow with absolute evidence that there was a conspiracy to kill President Kennedy, it wasn't just one lone shooter. How shocked would you really be? I mean, these conspiracy theories that are out there, we just wonder what's really true. The secret formula in all conspiracy theories, in all conspiracies, is to keep them unseen. For only a few people to know about it and no one else to know about it. If everybody else thinks it's this way when it's really this way, then the conspiracy people have won. This is exactly what the enemy wants to do to us. He doesn't want us to see the actual battle that we are in. He wants to keep us blind to it, to this world and this spiritual world around us. Because he does not want us to react to the conspiracies of what he has lined up against us. But God rips the covers off of the conspiracy against mankind. The verse that we just read out of the, out of the uh, English Standard Version, I want to read it out of the New Living Translation. It says like this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We need to get that. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. God says to us in this passage that there is a world around us that is unseen. It's a spiritual world, And in this spiritual world, there are the forces of God and there are the forces of evil that come against us. And the sooner we understand that these forces come against us as an individual, they come against our families and our children, they come against our church, they come against our nation and our generation— the sooner we become aware that there are real 
spiritual forces at play against our life, that there's a real spiritual conspiracy against us, and we understand it. The sooner we get there, the sooner we can enter into that fight in a right way and have victory. The Bible never treats this subject as just an outcome of our sin nature. You know, our spirit's been separated from God, and because of that, we, you know, we, we fall into the temptations of the flesh, and that's why all this evil. It never says, that's it. It says there's evil forces that are playing against that. It says there are, there's a tempter that comes and a liar that comes that plays against that. The Bible treats this subject as real and powerful with entities scheming against us. In Ephesians 6.11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We'll talk about this more in two weeks when we talk about why some people lose even when they pray. Jesus speaks straight to the point in John chapter 10. He says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus never talks about this evil in the world as if it's some just force out there that our temptations give into. He talks very specifically about an enemy. He talks very specifically about a thief. He talks very, the, the, the Bible shows us very specifically how he is confronted and tempted by the evil one. This battle he presents to us is real. So we need to know, how does the enemy work? In John 4, 44, he's taught, Jesus is talking to uh, uh, some of the Pharisees who have rejected him and some, of, and some of his claims. And he says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. This is the first thing we, we need to understand about the enemy. The enemy is the father of all lies. He tries to misdirect us. He appeals to the weaknesses of our flesh and our children's flesh to deceive us. He appeals to our flesh to get us to give in to things that we shouldn't give in to. He's a liar. He tells us this is the way to life when it's really the way to death. He tells this is the way to peace when it's really the way to turmoil. He is putting up false signs in front of us all the time. His lies run rampant in society today. You've got to think about what would he lie to you about. If I'm going to be aware of him, I've got to be aware of what he would lie to me about. And I become aware of that when I become aware of what the Bible teaches me. The Bible is our foundation for truth. When we study the Bible, 
when we read the Bible, when we know the Bible, we become aware of what God is saying to us and it makes us aware of what the enemy is saying to us because the enemy will always run contrary to what the Bible says. It'll offer life and peace and hope outside of Scripture. We must know it, stand on it alone, and in that, God protects us from the lies. The enemy also comes to us through people revealing new truth. New truth. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says this, and no wonder, he's talking about false prophets. He says, and no wonder, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. I want you to capture this. This whole idea of righteousness is about what to do, the right way to act, the right way to live, what is right. And he says, listen, the enemy comes as, and appears as an angel of light, they come and present themselves, disguise themselves as servants to teach us how to do what is right. And they want society to go along with what they are pushing as right. They want to paint it up to look as good as possible so that we will buy into it. This can be spiritual men. This can be cult leaders. This can simply be people of influence that want to take us away from the truth of God and to accept something as right that's really wrong. It's a scheme of the devil. The enemy comes to us in times of weakness. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded. Be watchful. What's that mean? Be alert. Be aware. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He comes to us when we're alone. He comes after us when we feel alone. He comes after us when we are hurting. He comes after us when we're confused about why some circumstance is the way it is at that moment. He comes to us when we feel lonely. He comes to us in the valleys of life, in moments of loss, in moments of despair, in moments where we don't see the hand of God moving in that moment in our, in our life. And he comes to that to discourage us, to deceive us, to encourage us to give up and to walk another way. And the word says, be aware of this. Be aware. You're going to go through some times of valleys. There will be times of loss. We live in a fallen world. There will be times when things come our way we don't completely understand at the moment. <clears throat> don't let the enemy speak into your life at that moment. Be aware. Get connected and stay connected. This is why we have C2 groups, the way you can get connected with other believers. We encourage you to get in them. 
that we can build relationships where in the tough times of life, you're surrounded by other believers. This is why we have things like Starting Point that meets every week during the second service where you can learn four spiritual growth steps that if you'll do them, you will stay connected. You will begin to grow in God. You will begin to flourish in the things that God has for you, and you'll be less susceptible to the attack of the enemy on your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. Now, I would tell you, if you're praying for someone who's lost, this becomes our standard scripture right here. God, take the blinds off their eyes. God, reveal the truth to them. God, speak to them so they can clearly see who you are. The enemy wants to cloud our vision. You think about in a, in a great battle, as we watch some great battles in our world in our, in our lifetime, it seems like the first step of our forces is to, is to know, is to, is to take out the enemy's ability to see and the enemy's ability to communicate. Well, that's what the enemy's been doing to us and wants to do to every one of us. He wants to take out your ability to see clearly. He wants to take out your ability to communicate with God and with others clearly so you cannot see his forces at, at, at marching in your life. You sit here and say, yes, you're talking about a, you know, spiritual worlds and all this stuff. Uh, friends, this is fundamental to Scripture. This is fundamental. We believe that when we die, what's going to happen? Our spirit is going to go and stand before God. We believe, and when you get saved, you get saved, you come to Christ because the spirit of God convicts you, moves on your life, and you determine to surrender your heart to him. When we worship, we worship in spirit and in truth. There's a spiritual world around us that we want to be aware of. We don't want to be blind to what's going on in that spiritual world. Now, I just want to take a moment and, and talk to you about three areas of conspiracy. This isn't all-inclusive by any stretch of the imagination. But there, there are three areas where the enemy is really at work uh, today. Let me just touch on, on, on one of them very quickly. This whole al attitude of, of drugs and alcohol. What does the enemy tell someone who gets ensnared in that? This is the way to a good time. This is the way to have fun. This is the way to fit in with your friends. You're going to really enjoy this. And he feeds, through alcohol and drugs, he feeds our flesh gives pleasure to our flesh while he's at the same time destroying our flesh. While he's at the same time destroying relationships. While he's at the same time destroying our future. We have to understand the curse and the, the scheme that the enemy has in this area. <clears throat> the, here's another one. Pornography has become one of the largest 
industries in America. Billions and billions of dollars. And the whole aspect of pornography and the whole aspect of our society today that is so sexually charged is for a corruption of our thinking about how we see the opposite sex and how we see sexuality in our life. It's degrading, it's ensnaring, it's addicting. Today they tell us, people who study these things, that over 60% of the men who are church-going men, listen to that number, 60% of church-going men have some struggle with sexual addiction, some issue in their life. That is a scheme of the enemy that hurts marriages, hurts relationships, destroys men's spiritual authority and men's spiritual power to be the men of God that we are called to be. This is why we as, 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 as elders have introduced to the church this thing called the Conquer Series. Now, the Conquer Series is not for just for men who have some, you know, way outlying issue. It, this, this series, we have determined it's for all men. We want to see all the men go through it. Why? Because we all live in this sexually charged society. We all get impacted by this. We all get touched by this, and there's weaknesses in it that we need to be aware of, and there's pathways to strength that we need to grab a hold of so that we can have victory. Not all men are addicted, but all men need to know how to fight this fight, and all men who have sons need to know how to teach them to fight the fight. So our next series of Conquer is coming up starting on September the 18th. And guys, I'm telling you, we can only take a few men, uh, about 20, 30, 35 men through at a time. Uh, So if you're, I would just challenge you, get interested in this and get signed up as soon as you can. This is a way to know the devil's schemes and how he practically works in our minds and lies to our minds and our hearts and where we can learn a pathway uh, to victory. Here's here's the third one today. There is a battle against the minds of our children. Wants to control the minds of our children. This happens through movies and entertainment and what the entertainment industry promotes as acceptable and right morally, what they present as right in reaction in life as the way they present so many value issues. It happens through gaming many times into our children's lives, all trying to impact their ideas on morals and sexuality. I want you to hear me clearly. Over all the years I've I've, I've been pastor, I've never told a parent where I think their child should go to school. That should be a prayerful decision that you and your spouse make together for the good of your child. 
But when a parent does talk to me about that, what I talk to them about is this, the strength and the weaknesses of each choice. There are strengths and weaknesses if you decide to homeschool. There's strengths and weaknesses if you send them to a Catholic school. There's strengths and weaknesses if you send them to a Protestant Christian school. There's strengths and weaknesses if you send them to one of our secular schools. The enemy doesn't want you to be aware of any of those strengths or weaknesses. He wants you to make a decision just based on convenience or some other reason, maybe surrendering, but you need to be aware of it. Now, I would say this to you. You need to be aware of this. Our state government just passed a law that takes effect in July of 2020. It's called the Legacy Law, where they now, by law, from kindergarten all the way through high school, must embed in their curriculum teaching on the positive contributions of the LGBTQ community. That this will start at kindergarten and be introduced to students all the way through school. Now, here, here's to me kind of the joke of that. There's never been a law against them teaching about positive contributions of any person. That, that I heard about co- positive contributions of people all through my school years, and we never discussed their sexuality. I never remember discussions about anybody's sexuality that was a famous person until I got into, the, into college. That's the first time, but now we're embedding it. This, what this is, is this is a law to celebrate and to, and, to, and to open up a lifestyle as acceptable and normal that the Bible says is not acceptable and is not normal. When I was in uh, fourth grade, I was uh, in a Sunday school class. The teacher taught about David, and uh, the teacher said, she said, and David committed adultery. I'm a fourth grader, fourth or fifth grader. And what did I do? I raised my hand. Can you guess what I'm asking? What's adultery? And all the other kids in the class looked at me and went, yeah. What's that? The teacher looked stunned, and I knew we were on to something here. (laughs) But she gathered her wits about her pretty quickly, and she looked at us, and she said this to us. "Uh, Listen, it's a really bad thing. You need to talk to your parents about it. (laughs) Now, I'm telling you, that's the right answer. Isn't that the right answer? That's the right answer. That day, we get in the car, and either the teacher or one of the other teachers thought it was funny and informed my parents of what had happened. And my parents thought it was pretty funny. And they said, we hear you had a question in class today. They said, yeah, it was something about some word. We don't, you know, David did something. What was it? And my parents were really, they were sharp. My parents looked at me, and they said, listen, son, what that means is, is that means David didn't keep his covenant vows with his wife. He broke those vows. You know what? 
that answered my question. That's all I needed to know as a fourth grader or fifth grader. That's all the information I needed. I didn't need to go into any more gory details of what all of that meant. I'm telling you, friends, this is a scheme. And if your children are going into that setting, you've got to prepare them for that. You've got to help them in that. Whatever setting they're going into, whatever coach they are under, whatever person of influence that they are under, you've got to be aware of the influence that's going to be speaking into their life. And Christians, hear me, we as the church must pray for our Christian teachers who are in our secular schools that have to navigate these waters. Just don't be blind. Don't take it lightly. Understand that there's an enemy who is scheming against them. Let the Lord speak to you about these issues. Now listen, I don't want to get sidetracked on that too much. The message of the day is this. Be aware that there's a spiritual battle. Be aware. How do we overcome an unseen enemy? We overcome an unseen enemy by being a people who enter into that unseen world through prayer. This is why we're talking to you about setting this appointment with God and keeping it. Going in there about the things of life, your family, if you're raising children, your children, if you have grandchildren, your grandchildren, and coming into that spiritual realm with all the authority that Jesus has given us and beginning to pray prayers of protection, beginning to pray prayers of deliverance, begin to ask God to move against every force, whether it's between in our marriage relationship or our relationship with our kids or with where our society is going today. Listen, Matthew 18, 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. This is a great promise of God. A husband and wife can pray to you, God, keep our children, protect them. Deliver them from what the influences of the enemy in this world. The uh, husband and wife can pray, God, protect us, keep us. We as a church can pray, God, protect our church, keep our church. Let our church walk in the fullness of your will. We can pray for our nation. God, deliver us from the schemes of the enemy. What we bind on this earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on this earth will be loose from heaven. Friend, we have authority to pray and make a difference. The reason America's where it's at today, we haven't been grabbing a hold of that authority. Make an appointment with God and keep it. And remember this, the enemy has an appointment with you. Just like he had one with Jesus, he has one with you, he has one with your children. We're being affected by this family, by this, by this battle, your children will be. But when we win the battle, the first and foremost place to win it is in the unseen world. 
when we win it there, we have victory here. We win it there by setting an appointment with God and beginning to trust him and say, God, I'm coming here every day because I believe that you have told me that what I bind on, bind on this earth will be bound in heaven and what is loosed on this earth will be loosed in heaven and I'm going to hold on to your promise and I am praying for your work to be done in my life, my family's life, and my generation. Amen? Let's stand together. Friends, you're here today and you're sitting here and the enemy wants to keep you blind to your need for salvation. It's one of the big lies of the day. You're okay. You don't have to do anything. You're okay. You go to church every once in a while. You're okay. I'm telling you, coming in these church doors does not make you a Christian. Whether you come here once or you come here five days a week or seven days a week, that does not make you a Christian. That your parents were Christians does not make you a Christian. That you were confirmed by somebody does not make you a Christian. That you were baptized when you were a baby does not make you a Christian. None of the actions like that make us. Jesus says you must be born again. Jesus says that we have to put our faith in him and him alone. Nobody can do that for you but you. So the enemy wants you to think you're okay. If he can get you to think you're okay when you're not okay, you'll find yourself standing before God lost. But if you'll learn, if you'll learn, and you'll cry out to God, he'll answer your prayer, and you can be saved. Bow our heads today. Let's pray. Father, I pray that no one will be deceived here today. I pray in Jesus' name that, Father, you would not let us rest on a false premise, a false, on a lie that's been told to us as a truth that we would know we have to get our heart right with you. Speak to us this morning and move in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Is every head's bowed, every eye closed? You say, Pastor, you've been talking. Wow, when you put it that way, I need to make sure my heart's right with God. I need to make sure I'm in the right relationship with Him. I've been leaning on being baptized as a baby, coming to church, or being a pretty good guy. I need to put my faith in Jesus to be my Savior. If that's you, just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. Looking across this place right now in Jesus' name. Anyone here, you'll raise your hand and say, pray for me today. God bless you. See that hand. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Just ask you to raise your hand and say, pray for me. Look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing this song. Right now, your heart's beating pretty hard. It's okay. Uh, Almost every one of us that are born again have done this at some point in time in our life. We just want to help you get some information in your hand that will help you really walk and stand in God. So as we sing this course, come over here and meet me. And uh, after, after we've sang this course, time somebody else will come and direct this. But if you raise your hand, come meet me over here right now in Jesus' name.